Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, A Victorious Life, Discipline My Mouth, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on January 14th, 2018. Maybe some, even a little bit of things in your mind right now as you think about those words and those moments when, when someone may have said something harsh to you. And uh, they're just kind of something that you've held on to maybe all of your life. Yeah, I I think we're all in the same place in in that regard because um, we are human and we live amongst humans. And because of that, we use our words in ways that aren't always very productive. See, I remember as a kid, I was made fun of for various things. I don't know about you guys, if you were ever made fun of for the way you were would dress or maybe your hairstyle. Uh, If you want to picture me, I actually did have hair when I was young and uh, I had a nice little bowl cut, you know. I don't know if any of you guys had those as a kid, young men. Hopefully the girls didn't, you know. But if you did, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Talk to your mom and dad, I don't know. It's their fault, not mine, I don't know. But I tell you what, kids can be brutal, can't they? I mean, we as as children uh, probably said a lot of things that have done a lot of damage without even realizing that you know um, I've got a unique name to to my personality my my who what I look like you know as being a Hispanic the name Floyd and so the name Floyd was picked on a lot you know I had a lot of different funny little names that were created from that and and was teased about it you know but but I had a friend that, that his name was Michael and uh, they teased him for that too <laughs> they made fun of his name for that too it's interesting how we use our words and how in this culture and the dynamic of our world here, we, we use these words in ways that usually try to break down people. And I, and I think in part it's because we want to lift ourselves up. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but if you really think about it, most of the time when we, we talk bad about someone or we say something negative uh, about someone, um, there's a little bit of us, if we're honest with ourselves, there's a little bit of us inside that kind of we feel good because his sin is is worse than my sin and his flaws are are worse than my flaws. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing that we do in our humanity and how we talk about these imperfections. You know, it's interesting that that we focus so much on our imperfections in life. You know, we're we're so focused on what we look like, the way we dress and how we act and how we behave. And and in those, we don't look for the good things. We look for the imperfections. And really, I mean, we all have them. There's no question. We all have imperfections. And there's not a one of us that, that is perfect in every way. You know, I'm, I'm short, you know, so I've got, you know, good looks and charm, but no height, you know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's, there's imperfections everywhere. I'm kidding. The only ones that think I'm good looking are my mom and my wife, and that's okay. I want to, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> there you go. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Appreciate that. So, but what I want to do here is, as we look and continue in this series as we think about having a victorious life, last week we kind of turned our attention in the essence of our minds. And we looked at a passage in Colossians chapter 3. And at the end of that passage in verse 17, the writer tells us this. He says, Whatever you do in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So this week, as we go on to, to discipline our minds, as we think about the things above, as we fo- focus our minds and our attention on the heavenly, on, on the word of God and the things that God has for us, I thought it would be appropriate for us to look at the aspect of how we discipline our mouths. And I don't know about you guys, but there's times in my life and there's moments in my life where, where that element of the discipline of my mouth is, is pretty tough. See, we have to understand that, that what comes out of our mouth is typically a reflection of our hearts. You know, it's that, that half joke that's kind of somewhat serious, but throws the jab and kind of tells them how we feel, but says, hey, I'm just kidding. You know, it's, it's a reflection of our hearts. See, if there's an impurity in our heart, there most likely will be an impurity in our words. Do you agree with that? You think about that? See, what comes out of our mouth, again, is a reflection of our heart. So if we're gonna honor God in word and in deed, if we're gonna honor God with our words and our actions, then I think that we have to, to discipline our mouths and we have to take some steps to do that. So let's jump into the book of James because James gives us some very good instruction on Christian living, how to be followers of Christ. And in chapter three, he kind of gets to the heart of the matter. He really focuses in on the power of our words and how they affect people's lives. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love and for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your words because your words are truly a sweet, sweet sound to our ears. The grace that comes from your word, the mercy and the love that we are offered through your words that you've given us through your holy scriptures changes us. It reminds us, it helps us to see things that that, that we wouldn't have seen before or understand just by living this life on our own, Father. Lord, and we want our hearts to be a reflection of your words. We want our words to be your words. So Father, as, as we look at these passages this morning, my prayer is that each and every one would, would just, we would come to a better understanding of the power of our words, an understanding and how we can either lift up or tear down through a few simple words. Lord, you've given us so much. You've offered us so much. I know the the challenging aspects of what you're saying through this writer, James. I pray that that it would just pierce our hearts and that that, that we would be convicted this morning to be something different and to do something different. And that as we speak these words and as we do these actions, Father, that we would truly do it in Jesus' name and that we would do it for your glory. So Father, help us and guide us, show us, Fill us with your spirit and speak to us this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we look to you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to read the first 12 verses together as a church and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about what he's saying here. Starting in James chapter three, 
verse 1. He says, Not many of you should become teachers. My brothers, for you know that who, we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man and able, and able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey, obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and, and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptiles and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human no human being can, be, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs, neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. I want us to back up a little bit because he says a whole lot in this little passage here. He gives us kind of an idea and a picture of the power of our tongue, the sin of the tongue. But as we think about what it means to live a victorious life, to do the things that God has called us to do, to live the life that God has promised us, we need to back up a few passages. So turn back to James chapter one. And there's a few key verses here that will really help us to grasp what he is saying here as he gets to this point. In verses 19 and 20 in James chapter one, he says, know this, my beloved brothers, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce, what? The righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then he goes on to tell us in the same chapter 1, verse 22. He says, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, because you'll deceive yourselves. See, those are a couple of critical verses and some things that that we've got to understand before we can really grasp the aspect of what he's saying in chapter 3. See, and there are a few key things that I think we in our humanity have to understand before we can move to the point of taming our tongues, disciplining our, our mouths in a way that brings glory and honor to God. And, and the first thing that I think that we have to understand is that, that we are his beloved. See, he says the tongue destroys those that are created in the image of God, those that are his beloved. 
See, when we walk with Jesus, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we are adopted into this family. And it's this unit that, that should work together in harmony in Christ by the power of God's Spirit. We are His beloved. See, when we think about that and we say that, it should bring joy to our hearts. It should bring this, this contentment, this excitement, and this understanding of knowing that, that God's grace is just covering us, that his spirit is leading us, and we belong to the God that created the heavens and the earth, that knew us, that formed us, that shaped us, that brought us to this point. We are his beloved, and we have been adopted into God's family. And not only are we his beloved, but the person sitting next to you, the person that you go to work with, the people all around you, they are God's creation. And many of them are part of God's family. And we need to see them through those eyes. We need to see each other through God's eyes if we are ever going to discipline our mouths. We have to come to this understanding of how important we are to God and how important others are to God. And in that, we must understand that we were created to glorify God. See, we, we do all things, whether in word or deed, in Jesus' name, all for the what? Glory, glory of God. What does glory mean? What does it mean to glorify something? What does it mean to, to exalt and lift up and cherish and hold in a higher stature? See, when we glorify God, we live our lives in a different manner. We begin to understand the things and the life that God has created for us, and we understand that we have been created to bring glory to God, that our life has a purpose and that God has a plan for us, and in the midst of that purpose and that plan, in word and in deed, we do things in Jesus' name, and it's all for His glory and I like to add to that portion of it because it really truly does bring this. It's all for his glory and our joy. Amen to that? See, when we do things for God's glory, our lives are better. We experience this joy and this peace and this grace that, that, that you just can't experience any other way. I believe it's, it's a victorious life. See, and when we do that, when we seek to glorify God, we come to a place where we have an understanding that our actions will be a reflection of our beliefs. See, how we live will be a reflection of the heart, right? The Bible teaches us, it says, where your treasure is, what you value, what you lift up, what you glorify, where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Right? It doesn't say where your heart is, there you will find your treasure. You got you to kind of understand the, the language it's using there because when we treasure something, when we glorify something, when we exalt something in our life, our hearts automatically go with it. When we place something of high value, our hearts will follow. And I think as, as believers, our actions will reflect the things that we place value on. See, if we truly believe 
that God's word teaches us, that God's word helps us, that God's word leads us and guides us, then our actions will follow shortly behind. Our lives would be different. We'll move to, to doing the things that God wants us to do and not the things that we want to do. And I know there, there's a tension there because I know there's a lot of fun things that we like to do. But I'll tell you, some of those things, they don't bring glory to God. They don't honor God. And I don't know what those things are for you. I only know what those things are for me. And, and I know that God's working in my life right now. He's offering me the grace and he's showing me those things day by day as I spend time in his presence and he's helping me to understand those things. And I pray that each and every day my actions will align with my beliefs. And I, and I pray the same for us as a church. That, that our actions would be in alignment with our beliefs. See, because if Jesus is our Lord, then he will be our Lord. If Jesus is our Savior, then he will be our Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. See, our actions have to reflect that. Our life has to be a reflection. And I think those are some key elements before we can move into these passages here. And I I think with that understanding, if we can hold on to the aspect that, that we are his beloved and that our actions are a reflection of our beliefs. And then the other one was, we were created to glorify God. Then, only then, can we understand the power of the influence that we have through our words. See again in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 3. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says... He is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. I know that that for many, they they read that passage and they think, oh, that just applies to those that teach in the church. That that just applies to my pastor. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't. It applies to every single one of us. Because I think for the simple fact that to teach someone is to influence someone. And if you're influencing someone, then you're living life. And they'll go the other way. You're living your life, whether you sit there or you do something, regardless of what you do or don't do, you are influencing somebody. And by influencing somebody, you are teaching them a behavior. You are teaching them something. See, and with our words... We have the power to influence. We have the power to change somebody's life. See, and if you have the the desire or if you want to make a difference in this world, you have to understand the power of your influence, the power that God is giving you. And then you have to discipline your mouth. You have to discipline the words that come out of your heart knowing and trusting that that those words are going to make a difference in somebody's life in a good way or a bad way. See, there's power in our words. And we have to understand that it's a great responsibility that comes with influence. 
It's a great responsibility that comes with the aspect and understanding of knowing as we seek to glorify God, as we seek to honor God with our actions and with our words, that we will affect somebody else's life. That we will be an influence. And I think this is why James says in chapter 1, verses 25 and 26, he says this, he says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Did you catch that? He says, put away all the filthiness, all the badness, all the ugliness of life. He says, and with meekness, with humility, bowing before God, taking advantage of the implanted word, the word of God, which will save your souls. And not only will it save your soul, but it will save the souls of those that are around you. I had the, an amazing privilege of sharing one time with a gentleman and it was kind of an interesting scenario. I shared this with you guys before, but there was this one instance where this gentleman, he's an older man, probably in his mid-50s, 60s, guess, guesstimating, real hard guy, you know, had it all figured out in life. And, and uh, you know, I was just able to be his friend. And for whatever reason, God put us in each other's lives. And so I had this dialogue ongoing. And every time I saw him, he just said, hey, this is how you need to live your life, Floyd. You need to do this. And you need to go after this. And you need to take care of this. And, you know, he was, part, he was sharing all of these, this wisdom with me and this understanding. And, and all I had for him was, I, I, I love Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I passed through a church and, I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. Uh, I'm just kind of on the journey, you know. And, uh, and, he, and he liked me for that, you know, because he saw some, some meekness and some understanding. And, you know, I didn't try to force my way into his life or, you know, expect too much from him. But I did share Jesus with him. I did tell him that, hey, you know, I'm here today because of who Christ is in my life. And then all of a sudden one day, as I entered into his office, like I normally would do on occasion, he sat before me, a different man. He just kind of looked at me and, and with tears in his eyes, he says, he says, Floyd, I have to tell you something. He says, my marriage is falling apart. My life is, is falling apart. And I, I don't know what to do. I thought I had it all figured out. I have money. I have fame in the community. You know, I've got a motorcycle <laughs> that I love to ride. I've got lots of friends. But my wife is about to leave me and I don't want her to leave me. And with tears coming down this man's eyes, I just looked at him and I said, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But I know where to get some words of wisdom. Can you give me two seconds? And I ran out to my truck and I grabbed my Bible. And I had been reading through the book of Matthew that day and I shared with him the words of Jesus in, verse, in chapters four, five, and six, the, 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 the sermon on the mount and, and, and the, the things that God did for, for so many people and offered so many 
through this message that Jesus had. And I just kind of started to read God's word to him for a little bit and shared some passages and just offered him the hope of Jesus Christ. That man gave his life to Jesus that day. Not because of me, but because of the implanted word of God. He walks with Jesus today. And I tell you, that man is on fire for Christ. That man can't do enough for Jesus. See, we have to put aside this filthiness. We have to put aside these words that just tear down and break down people. And we have to discipline our mouths so that we can be the influence that God has called us to become. Amen to that? See, our actions are important. Our behaviors are important. But our words are so powerful. See, our actions aren't the only thing that will influence. See, we have to understand what he says here in verses five through seven. We have to understand the power in our words. Starting in verse five, he says, so also... I want you to underline as much of this as you can because this is an important part of what he's saying. He says, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. And set on fire by hell. What an amazing thing to know that our words can destroy what God has created. Have you ever thought about that? And what, I, what I'm speaking towards here is you. <laughs> what God has created. What I'm speaking towards is, is your children, my children, my neighbors, your neighbors, coworkers, family. That, the, the, that our words can destroy them. What God has created, what he created in his image. See, he says here, he says the tongue is set among our members, you and I, the body of Christ, staining the whole body, setting on fire the course of life. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names, they will destroy my life. Names, they will hurt me forever. Words, they are powerful. And we have to understand the power that you and I, that we have been given through our words. See, just a few words, it, it can destroy a life. Just, just a few words can, can break a heart or, or create a deep, lifelong wound. Words, could bring someone to tears. See, it's the difference between life and death. See, 
And the reality is that the power is yours. You just have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to yield this power that I've been given? I don't know if <clears throat> you guys knew this or not, but when I was in elementary school, I actually joined the Navy. <laughs> well, I actually didn't, but I, I thought I did because I had the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, I had a horrible mouth. I cussed and cursed and did all those things in elementary school. Can you imagine anything about that? Listening to a little, tiny little second grader dropping the F-bomb at every other occasion that he could. So, uh, I was me. And I look back on that moment in my life, I think about those things, and, and honestly, I didn't get to the realization of how horrible and how powerful my words are until I got into middle school. We all remember middle school, right? The greatest years of our life. <laughs> Not, right? <laughs> yeah, that's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And this is what changed my life. God used a couple of young ladies to change my life at that point. Because when I got into middle school, these young ladies had mouths like the rest of my sailor crew. And I tell you what, I listened to that and I heard that and I saw the effect that these young ladies had on other people's lives. And I told myself, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And what's even better than a couple of young ladies that can deter you away or teach you from their wrongs is that we have God's word that will help us to understand how we should use our words. Did you know that? The Bible teaches us how to use our words. I, I want to give you guys a few passages in Proverbs and there are many in there. And there are many throughout that, that will help us to understand how our words can use to be used to, 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 to bring life to the world around us. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, amen to that, right? <laughs> Control them and your life will be better. Proverbs 13, 3 says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He opens wide his lips, comes to ruin. See, we have to filter our words. We have to make sure that, that we are saying things that lift up. Proverbs 19.11, I really like this one. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. You probably think, well, why does he like that one? Because I tell you what, I was always very short-tempered in my life. Until God got a hold of me and kind of changed my heart a little bit, I have to tell you, I'm not very quick-tempered now. And I'm not saying that just to glorify myself. I'm saying that to bring glory to God because if God can change me, he can change anybody. <laughs> I was very quick-tempered when I was younger. And I like that verse because it says this, good sense, it makes sense to be slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. And I tell you what, that's the hardest part about disciplining our tongue Disciplining our mouths is in those moments of anger, isn't it? But the Bible gives us what we need to know. It gives us everything that we need to have victory in this life. 
everything that we need to have victory in Jesus, we have been given. It is given to us. The only question that we have to ask as we kind of wrap up our morning is will we be doers of God's word? We've heard it, we've read it, and we might even understand it. But the major question here that I want us to ask ourselves as we go away from here this morning is will, be, will we be doers of it? Will we, will we turn it into action in our lives? Will we let it be a reflection of what's in our hearts? The implanted word that saves souls. See, in the, the last few verses of our passage, James calls us to be authentic in our faith. He calls us out to live out this faith. And he gives us the main point of what we have before us this morning is that we simply must discipline our mouths. We must have discipline with our mouths because it's like a fire and it'll destroy the whole body if we don't. Again, I want to read these last couple of verses, 9 and 10, actually all the way through 12. He says, With it we bless our Lord and Father. On Sunday mornings we sing His praises. Then on Monday morning we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? No. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Discipline your mouths. Be doers of God's word. Use God's word to bring life and salvation and grace and mercy to everyone around you. Discipline your mouths. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? I want to remind you as, as you just sit there in the presence of God, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to remind you that you are God's beloved. God created you, he formed you, he shaped you, and he's brought you to this place. I don't care if you're seven years old or 70 years old. You belong to God. And as you sit in God's presence right now, I want to ask you to make a decision. I want to ask you to make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Because the Bible teaches us that God sent his son because he loved us so much. He sent his son with a purpose and a plan to redeem you, to restore you, and to offer you grace. He's giving you a free gift right now. And that gift is the gift of salvation. It only comes through Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And there is victory in Jesus' name. I want to ask you, will, will you surrender to Jesus this morning? Will you give your life over to Jesus wholeheartedly and completely? 
Will you allow him to be your Lord and Savior? Will you walk not only in step with him, but will you walk because of him? Right now where you sit, I just want you to cry out to God and just pray to him. Whatever it is in your heart, whatever is going on in your life, whatever God wants you to do in this moment, I just want to ask you to do it. Take that step of faith. Be a doer of his word. You've heard it. And hopefully you understand it. Hopefully you know that, that, that God has offered you this gift of salvation for free. He says, come as you are. He, says, he doesn't say, clean yourself up and then come to me. He says, come as you are and I will restore you. I will rebuild you. I will give you a new life. And by the power of my Holy Spirit, I will give you the strength to live out this new life. Father, we thank you so much for your words. We thank you that you love us so much that you've given us everything that we need to have a, a victorious life. Not just in 2018, but Father, every single day for the rest of our lives. Lord, this morning we, we place our hope in you. We claim the hope of Jesus Christ for our lives, for the lives of those that we love, for the lives of those that we do life with. Father, and we would ask that that you would forgive us of the, the wrong things we've said, the, the fire that we've set, the forest that we have burnt. Father, that, that you would forgive us and that you would wash us and cleanse us from our unrighteousness and that from today forward that we would use our words, we would discipline our mouths so that we would bring glory to you. And whether in word or deed, we would do everything, all things, in Jesus' name. Lord, it would be all for your glory and for our joy. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the grace. We thank you that we get to do life together as a, as a church, as part of the body of Christ. Lord, let our words be a sweet, sweet sound unto you. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.